Welcome, everybody, to the Self-Evident Podcast. You got Massey and Mike here in podcast number 36. Um, again, if you guys have been tuning in, we had some really, really good podcasts. Yeah, again, good. the last couple of podcasts, we've been doing uh, more of the Q&A stuff. Uh, frequently asked questions, if you want to say it that way, um, because I believe, and we both believe, actually, why we started this was to answer questions. And I yeah. think a lot of people look to us, not to us as in God, but to us like, hey, how would you answer this? Or how would you do that? Or, you know, you have an audience all the time. How, how do you get into those types of topics and discussions? And so um, we're going to cover a couple of topics today. One being the last question. So we had five. This is the last one. We're going to be talking about abortion. How do Christians answer this scripturally? And we've done a lot. Uh, I think we've done probably five or so podcasts, yeah, maybe like that. four or five on just the abortion the topic. topic. But these are just quick answers that we can give you that you can go back and kind of research yourself and kind of develop your 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 arguments and, and those kind of things and, and your and your rebuttals, if you will. Also, Stephen Crowder and YouTube, buddy. I mean, we've, I think we've that's got to cover it. We have to. And, and, and we, we might even go to other topics, but these are the two we want to cover. And do, do we want to cover the Crowder thing first? Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's cover the Crowder thing. So so, so they're being shut down right now. Uh, Crowder is now demonetized. Yes. So because of his positions, because he's labeled offensive, because he goes and attacks he doesn't attack, but dude, he's a comedian. He makes yeah. he makes me uncomfortable being a comedian. Okay, like he as and he's a Christian, so yeah. I'm not saying he's not. I'm saying he's a comedian. And he sometimes to me he crosses the line. Yeah. Okay, he does, but he does what he does. We all know he does it. He's been doing it for years. He's never changed. He's the same guy. He doesn't add to take away. And I'm sure he's done his own things on like videos with, hey, I said this wrong or I did that. Shapiro's done that where, hey, I said these things wrong. We need to probably go back and look at things yep. say, hey, I was wrong uh, because we don't know everything. Right? He's not the only one to do this either. No, he's, dude, he's no. one of many people who decide to take a line and insult somebody with names, you know, and other people were bringing up the examples of Stephen Colbert or Samantha B. You've got all of these examples of people who are throwing out words and names and that kind of thing. I'm not defending what he was doing at all. Honestly, me as a Christian goes, man, there's crossing lines, crossing lines. But at the same time, look, you've labeled yourself a comedian. You've labeled yourself in this range of this is what sure. my comedy is going to include. And so go for it. That's that's up to you. Right. Where the problem comes in is this back ended reaction that YouTube had. And it was almost they were just covering their butts. That's all that happened. Well, come on, know? let's let's call it for what it is. And, I, and you know, the, the one thing I, I I never wanted to make this show to be about was to, to 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 call out preachers or to call out names. And a lot of people may say that's wrong, Massey. You need to call out preachers. No, I, they call out themselves. Their 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 lack of gospel and what people listen to. If they were truly hearing the spirit of God, and those guys were false. They would not run to those false gods. Remember, his Correct. sheep hear his voice, and other they won't follow. Amen. So if you're his sheep, you will know the voice of the Lord. You will. You'll follow truth, and you'll seek truth. I just believe in this, that if God gave me light, and in him is no darkness, then I'm supposed to show that light and either a expose sin in the people that don't know, right? But I'm not supposed to go into the church and reform the church. That's not my duty. My duty is to go save souls that are lost. Yeah. That's my duty. And I'm going to continue to do that and go into the country and preach and, and yep. be here at the church pastoring and mentoring and all these things. That's where my calling comes in. Now, you may say that's cowardice. No, I've done plenty to say where the church is wrong. We've done many podcasts to say where the church is wrong. There's a lot of issues that the body as a whole is messing with. One of the things we kept silent on too many issues. Matter of fact, D. James Kennedy said it. 
Uh, when, when abortion happened in 73, over 300,000 pulpits went silent. We didn't say what we needed to say. We didn't stand when we needed to stand. Um, the Catholic Church, for all its entirety, to stand against abortion. When New York passed its law, where were the bishops and the Catholic yeah. bishops? And where were the, the heads and, and all these guys standing against it? They didn't, or at least we didn't hear about it. So do I think there's something wrong? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But when's the last time we started seeing people do something about it instead of yeah. just pointing out the evil? Oh, they're wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. It doesn't change anything if we just keep saying things are wrong. We got to show them a way out to give them Solutions. right. Solutions. Solutions. Absolutely. And that's where we need to be. So to this thing, YouTube, YouTube, listen, we're on your platform. And if you decide to one day kick us off and demonetize us too, hey, we'll find other platforms. We're, no we're, big deal. We're putting in plans to make sure to, that that whatever that if that day comes, if that we're day prepared. comes. But yeah. listen to the very name you have, YouTube. You built this on YouTube. You expressing who you are. Now there are many people, many channels, many. Yeah. I don't know what do you call it? Uh, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube channels. Many channels that I would find offensive. I don't want to go watch them. I don't watch them, right? But so be it, man. If that's where they want to be in their life and they, they have an audience, why? Because people want to gravitate to that message. If Steven Crowder has a message that people want to gravitate to, of course there's going to be offensive people. You don't think that YouTube has a thousand, like, a, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of Christians saying, hey, this channel's bad for kids or this channel's bad for this or that. Did you listen to them, though? Now, even if you did, I would still be against it because the whole idea is if you don't allow the First Amendment to be the First Amendment. Now, again, this is your business. You can do what you want. But you know what that shows me? You hate freedom. You hate freedom. And I'm going to say why. Because true freedom is ugly. In its very nature, human nature in and of itself and freedom is ugly. It's dangerous. Super dangerous. Matter of fact, I can't remember who said it. I wish I could remember, but he said, I'd rather, I prefer uh, uh, dangerous freedom to peaceful slavery. Prefer dangerous freedom to peaceful slavery. Me too. Me too, because then I could teach people to self-govern themselves, right? I don't agree with some of the things Crowder said, but to shut him down, to stop him, to keep doing this, all you're doing is inflaming the base. And I'm going to say this, YouTube, you keep doing this to him. He's going to grow and he's going to continue to grow and there's going to be more backlash and you're going to end up caving in. And you know what you're going to look like? fish you're gonna flip-flop you're gonna flip-flop dude listen you guys promote so much junk on youtube you do festivals and parades and dude look the homosexual community who we've preached on this many times we love that community we want them to become christians and saved and be good people godly people but the things that they show the disgusting things they do at these parades you show them on youtube and allow them and keep them going keep them going and you know what those channels are probably monetized why now why here? I'm telling you, it's going to work against you. And that's when we're, we're looking at this whole situation. We've got to look at what actually went down. And we're going to find that there are some inconsistencies in the whole situation. That's why people are so upset. So this guy, Carlos Maza, comes out and Crowder's come after him for several years and, and come after the videos that this guy is producing. Now, Crowder, if you can tell he's got a little animosity towards Maza because he sees Maza as uh, an extreme activist who is willing to skirt lines and to change narratives in order to get his way, which seems to be the case on this as well. So Crowder goes after him, and Crowder's not going to give him the respect that Maza feels he deserves. 
this has been going on for years, and I'm I'm not at all justifying the names, the name calling, whatever. That's that's really between Crowder and Mazza. Truth. The big problem that comes in is suddenly Mazza decides I'm going to get YouTube involved. Yes. I'm going after him, and if you, I will accept nothing less than YouTube banning him because I see it as hate speech because I don't like what he's calling me. Right. Mind you, the vast majority of these names, this guy has called himself. Yeah. He labels himself queer. He labels himself as anchor baby. He labels himself as gay wonk. That's his Twitter handle is gay wonk. So you you threw down the card. True. And also, yeah. let's be fair here. Crowder calls, what is it, half gay or uh, half, uh, was half Asian ha- lawyer? Yeah, half Asian lawyer and not, and, not gay and Jared. Not gay Jared. So he's very politically, if you want to call it that, politically incorrect. We all are here, but... Politically incorrect is is kind of his moniker. He just does that because it gets a rise out of people. Precisely. He, and he knows that. He knows that. He yeah. he knew it. And but here, you know, you want to know why I know this is an agenda against the right or against those who are conservative, I should say, not even the right, because that's Republican and I don't even like that. But how it's a, a agenda against conservatives and not liberals, because it happened to Milo too. Yeah. My, he's it, gay. Yeah. Had he been extreme on the other side he would still have a platform he would still have twitter he would still have all these things he would dude you can't even tell me he wouldn't okay because as long as he's for the popular which i don't believe it's popular no it's not i don't believe it's popular i believe this is you can call me crazy all you want you people watching this podcast i'm telling you they are not winning you know why because they have to shut them down they're not winning you have to silence who's winning and the more and the more you do that the more, listen, the church grows through persecution. We haven't tasted anything of persecution yet. We don't know what foreign countries have been through. This is nothing. What I'm saying is, if we let it get to the point where we will be persecuted, you're going to wish we were back now talking about freedom. Because what we're doing right now is trying to uphold liberty. And if we allow it to go that far, we've, we're too late. Yeah. Now you're going to see people, I'm telling you, you think this is crazy? Ten years ago, Jesse Ventura said I was crazy for even thinking pedophilia would be normal. They're talking about it now. We're teaching kids sex ed in kindergarten in California that it's okay to be transsexual. We're having people, transgenders, now doing drag queen shows for kids in schools. They thought I was crazy. You know what? They called AFA crazy for years. They said it would never happen. It would never get to this point. You know why I'm getting lit, dude? It's because if we don't stop it now... It'll be too late. And then what? We're going to say what? You shouldn't kill us. We're people. We kill your idea, not you. You see, we do, we do that with babies and abortion. We kill the idea, not the person. That's how they think about it now. It's the idea of the inconvenience. It's not the baby they're thinking about. Look what they're doing. It's the idea of the person that they're killing. You just happen to be in the body. And you know what? Again, if we allow this to continue... I hope this makes sense. If we allow this to continue, we're going to wish we were doing this right now. And we wish we, we would have wished we'd have taken the steps further, extra steps, going the extra mile to stop it. I'm telling you. That's why we're approaching this and we have to talk about it right now is because of that exact point. Because if we don't make our stand now, especially with the YouTube community, and that's the whole reason we're even talking about this, is because every step that gets taken and accepted is another step towards the end goal. 
And the end goal, surprisingly enough, there isn't really an end goal when you look at the liberal progressive agenda. Sure, sure. There is no end goal. There All isn't. it is is how much more can we get accepted? How much more can we get Conquest. control? How much more Conquest. achievement can we get? It, it really is The a thing conquest. that they're mad at America yeah. for, for coming into America, Americans for, for coming into America and stealing land and enslaving people. You're doing the same no. thing. It's a war of the mind now. We've we've got to start coalescing together and uniting together to say, if you're going to do this, even as a private platform, we're not going to allow it. Bingo. We're going to find another platform. We're going to make sure you're hurt because you're not allowing freedom and liberty. And That's the right. whole reason that we're talking about that is because it doesn't just stop in the private sector. That's right. It always starts in the private a sector. Buddy. It starts in the culture. It ends in the legal system. And guess who always gets so, involved in the private sector when it starts to, to, to get out of hand? Government. Exactly. They always have to regulate the thing. When, when you look at... Watch. When you look at especially the civil rights movement or you look even at, at the abolition of slavery... The legal system was the last thing to change. It was the society that had to rise up and make the change That's right. first. So what's going on right now is, and, and these are people who believe they're fighting a whole moral war of we need to stop hate speech. Dude. We need to stop people who, we need to stop Nazis. And you know what? We agree with you. We need to stop hate. Jesus already gave us a pathway for that. And the beauty of it is, we don't have to stop it through authoritarian means. Bingo. It's the heart. We're worried about the heart. They're worried about the authoritarian Bingo. means. Bingo. Because if, I, I'm going to throw names, if Carlos Maza was actually concerned about Steven Crowder's heart, he would have contacted him privately and That's said, right. Look, can we talk? Because dude, this, this stuff really offends me. Yeah. And I'm just trying to to put forth what I think is right. He would have done that. He would not have created this whole out-of-control crisis. Great point. No, he, what he cares about is winning. He cares about getting his point across and taking out as many people as he can. Right. The conquest. Guy, conquest. The guy Straight who worked up. for Media Matters, who their whole point was conquest over conservative voices and conservative opinions. Why? Because they feel they're, the moral, they're morally righteous in what they do. So what we need to do is not be silent. Right. We need to not go, oh, well, it's another movement and it'll fade out and whatever, what else is on YouTube. We can't do that because as soon as we keep, like you said, since 1973, what have we done? We've backed off. We've been silent. We've kept away from the problems and the issues instead of standing up and saying, no, we are a majority on this. Yep. We want we want. Truth. We want correct <clears throat> do you living. Know, do you want to know why states are passing laws to stop abortions? Because people are finally standing Thank up. Thank you. Because they finally stood up and people are starting to see, whoa, wait a what? Voting pro-life isn't doing anything. The states need to now take control, which is right. Yeah. See, people say, so you're for a government making law to stop people get, committing abortions. Yes, because it violates the laws of God. It ends a Yes. Life. It ends a life, which is protected under the Bill of... One of the first things protected in the Declaration of Independence is life. Listen, guys, your, your morality is not subjective. It's not what you think or what I think. Guys, look, if I shot you, even though you were an atheist, you would think it was wrong. It's not... Murder's not subjective. Murder's not subjective. Listen to me, atheist, uh, liberal, leftist, whatever you want to call yourself... 
You know why we're saying this? Because we're fighting for you too. We are fighting for you too. <laughs> that's that's the best part of it is we want all voices to be able to yes! speak. Yes! Because in 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 the realm and battle of ideology and ideas, we have full faith that truth and righteousness can win. It's when other ideas and ideologies try to suppress and cheat and break the rules that we get upset. When you put a white supremacist Nazi in in the realm with somebody who's speaking correctly about race, about identity, about the world around us. People know when they hear truth. The problem is what you're doing is you're suppressing, so then you're creating a martyr out of those people. As soon as you ban somebody like Richard Spencer, he can go back and say, see, you other people who you're on the line about white supremacy, you're on the line about race, look, they're going to hold the black people above you. That's they're going right. to hold the Jews above you. They're, they're going to support them. They don't like you. Look That's what right. happened to me. So Nailed come on. It, dude. Nailed come it. to me. Nailed it. Instead of, you want to talk about the Jews and blacks and all of that? Here's your podium. But guess what? Here's somebody else who's going to speak truth. Bingo. Bingo. Right? So you know why it doesn't work to suppress voices? It creates rebellion. Mm-hmm. You know what happens in rebellion? Domination. Then all anybody gets on their mind is winning. Why do you think the 70s and the 60s were such a hot time? Because the Christian, and this is truth, we were telling them not to do it, not teaching them not to do it. So you force them to not do it, and guess what they want to do? Why can't I? This is freedom and liberty. You're going to oppress me to do what I want to do? Look at America, man. 3%, I think it was like about 3% of America actually founded America, a lot of people weren't for the independence movement, right? We did it, okay? There was atheists back in that day. Mm -hmm. We didn't stop them. Freedom of speech. This whole system works on that idea. Christian, if your morality and your Jesus and your Holy Spirit and God is so true, you don't need a law to change people. Matter of fact, if that was the case, we wouldn't have needed Jesus Christ. let's Let's start understanding this. If the law would work... If the laws worked, we wouldn't have needed Christ. Is your God so weak that you have to create law to control people? That means he's not God. He's a figment of your imagination. He's now become an idol, and we have to force people to believe in that God, not the Mm -hmm. way we want to do this here. The cool thing about God and Christ and the Holy Spirit and this whole moral thing is what I love about it is he makes cases for every single moral reasoning. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why we don't do these things. Some may be harsh, and I I agree. Some things it's like, oof, that's extreme, but I get it. I understand it. Dude, pedophiles are detestable in the eyes of God. Straight up. Why? It's unthinkable for a man to do that to a child. Let me let me whatever. Let me throw this to you because I think it's important for us. We let's do it. We we get a guttural reaction to that. And we go, well, of course pedophilia is wrong. Let me give you a case study. So over in Afghanistan, certain parts of the Middle East, sure. there's there's a cultural practice of dressing young boys up as women and grown men have an atom. Have an atom. We go, oh, that's detestable. What are we doing right now with these drag shows, with Ooh. these these library shows, right? We are now in in several outlets and I don't want to name because I don't remember specifically which outlets were 
promoting this. But so if I don't you're want, that interested, but, Google it. Yeah, but we don't Google recommend this story. Shows, even in gay clubs, where young boys are dressed up as women and trotted out and do a drag show in front of all these men. As far as men putting dollar bills in their clothes and that kind of thing and throwing money at them and stuff. What do you think is going on here? So many people, that's beautiful and that's that's freedom and that's liberty and all of that. No, this is exploitation. This is just another step on the train ride. And if you look at Afghanistan and middle parts of the Middle East where this is going on and you go, that's detestable. How the heck? Can you allow this stuff to go on and say, that's beautiful? These are nine, ten-year-old little boys that you are trotting out in front of grown men. And you are deciding we're going to give them a sexual aspect to them. I don't care what you say, dressing them up like this and having them do a dance and a routine while men jeer and cheer and, and throw money, how is that not sexualized? How is that not perverted? And before you write me off as just some conservative crackpot, let's think about this. Do you want to dress your child up and trot them out in front of strangers and let the strangers cheer and grab and throw money and, and encourage to continue wow. doing these sexual dances? Oh, it's not that sexual. Where does it begin? That's right. When the, where's the standard? Where's this? It begins somewhere and it ends somewhere. Yeah. And the problem is you're not willing to see that it's going to end somewhere bad. And, it, and that's if right. you keep getting used to it, it's going to end really badly. And it's going to be too late for you to understand that whole pathway was bad. And you know what, dude? It'll be on you. It's it'll, all on. It, it, it'll be on you, parent. Listen to this. We're not just saying this because it's a good idea. And I know some of you wackos out there will say this, and I mean wackos because they're wackos. Oh, they're, they're angry. They must be secreted. I was in another group, which I, I condemned many times, and they would say that about the dude. Oh, he was, he was against the gay. He would speak out so much that he probably he was, was probably gay. That's gay. crap. Yeah. It's crap. It's perversion. I don't want to see it anymore. You're not even letting your kid be a kid. That's what blows me away. Dude, he's a kid. Let him be a kid. He's confused. He's play struggling. In the sand. Okay. Scratch their stinking knees up, man. Play a football game, ba a baseball game. Shoot. Break out some windows, man. Shoot. Run up and down the streets. Ride a bike. Be a kid. You're not even letting them doing that. You're you're letting them be adults. Most adults don't even know how to be adults anymore. <laughs> Look at Congress. The ones that you disagree with, they can't even coexist. And you want kids to, that, are, that are still developing, by the way, you want them to do this? Haven't even hit puberty. Haven't even hit it yet. And we're allowing these kids in high schools now. We want them to vote. When you see <laughs> old people in Congress you want to get rid of and you want 16-year-olds to vote? Listen to this. We're not saying this because it's a good idea and we want to make a name for ourselves. Matter of fact, don't ever support us. Don't send us any money. Matter of fact, if you're that against us, write to us. It's fine. We'll have you on the podcast. We really will. That's mm -hmm. okay. We're not about that. We're not about making money here. And we, we never have truth. been. We, we just want, want the truth. truth. Dude, there's, there's a system right now called the church. Listen, church. I'm not capping on you. I am encouraging you to the faith and courage. I am, I am pushing you to courage right now, okay? You are the only ones with the answers to defeat this mess. 
You have the, the God of heaven, his son, Jesus Christ, that saved you to get to God. And he gave you the comforter called the Holy Spirit who came to convict the world of sin. We have a job to do to stand up. It's us. If not you, then who? If not now, then when? If not you, then who? You will either be the fragrance of life or the stench of death. Stinking right. And every single person will make a decision about whether you are the fragrance of life or the stench of death. And guess what? When a people support each other in unity and a people move towards God and they are obedient to what he's called them to do and they love him with faith and relationship, it's a prosperous, blessed time. God said that to the Israelites so many times. If you just follow my commands, you will be blessed. We have a chance. We are the salt of the earth. Dude, I'm telling we you. We can <clears throat> stop the decay. Yes, we can. But we have to know we can. We have to have the faith. We have to have the courage. We have to be able to step out. For too long, the church has been comfortable. And I'm not praying for persecution in order to be comfortable. I'm saying... Let's not get to persecution. Dude, think about this. Think about this. Dude, this is great. This is good fodder. This is really good talk. Peter wasn't a persecutor of the church the way Paul was. No. Right? He was like most people. There's something missing. Jesus came, follow me, bam, left everything yeah. he had. Yep. Right? Went. Paul was on the flip side. Why is Paul's story so compelling? Because he was on the flip side. Bingo. You know what we're after? The low-hanging fruit. Let's go after them. Yeah. The lost. When's the last time? Listen to me. When's the last time you spent two hours on your knees for those lost? When's the last time you fasted all day and prayed for a family? When you see a single mom praying for her kids and she's like, I don't know what to do. And I said to her yesterday, I'm going to fast for him. Her eyes lit up. You know why? Because who's doing it? I don't want to just pray 15 minutes. I want to see those kids saved. You know why? It's not, it has nothing to do with me. It's the spirit of God in us. You have the answers. You may think this is angry. It's not. It's called passion. My Jesus hung on a cross for their sin too. Their sin, your sin. And if we're not willing to at least step out and talk about this living Christ that we say we believe in, not the one that's always talking about prosperity, sorry, not the one that's always talking about health and wellness, sorry, the one that saves us from sin and brings us to the Father, then we can build on that other stuff. Get them on the right foundation first of why Christ died, because God hated sin. He hated sin, and he loved the people. And he sent his son to die for those people who still would spit in his face. And he did it anyway. That is my Jesus. You want to know love? That's love, man. You want to know why it's not hard for us to go do these events? Because of the people, man. Because of the people. Because the people matter. Dude, your money you're everything you have. Listen to me. Your reputation will never matter. It's how you're remembered amongst the people. The, the book of remembrance is written because Paul cared about the people. He cared about the churches. He said, on top of everything that I do, you know what comes upon me daily? The care of the churches. It was the people he was about. 
Glorifying the Lord had nothing to do with his money, had nothing to do with his prosperity, nothing to do with his health, never even mentioned it. He was content in all things, having nothing and having much. He was content in being shipwrecked and being okay. He was content in being uh, persecuted and buffeted and naked as, as he was prospering. He was totally fine with it. He said, and therewith, I am content in all things. And he gave thanks to God for that. And you know what else he gave thanks for? Almost every single epistle he wrote about, I make mention of you daily in my prayers that God would keep you. Now, that was to the churches he wrote to. Yeah. Imagine to the things that we didn't even see. Because you know that dude was always thinking about the Lord and the people. You want to know why this is so hot on us, dude? Because we need that again. Yeah. We need that laboring prayer again. I don't want to sit in a prayer room for seven hours just thanking God for things. Okay? I thanked him enough. You know what it is? I'm so thankful, Lord. Now, what do you want me to do for you? Can you move a mountain today, Lord? Because I want to see something happen in somebody. I want to see someone rock and shook up. I want to see someone changed by the glory of the living God. That's what I want to see. I love gazing into the beauty of the Lord. I love spending time in worship with my God. I love my Father. I do. I do. And it's awesome. I love being there. But at what point does that translate that I can bring someone else into that throne room too? We're afraid. We're afraid of bringing somebody in. You but want, of what? You, you, people. Okay, cool. Right? But when we became Christians, Mike, my life no longer belongs to me. What do you mean afraid? That's what I don't understand. Yeah. Afraid of what? People. We're afraid. Of, we've, we've bought into the lie of being afraid of man's approval. We're afraid that the person sitting next to us is going to think we're crazy when we go, how's, how's your relationship with Jesus? You want to know why? Because it's painted all across the media. It's painted all through culture of those crazy Christians. And for too long, we've sat back and we haven't shown them the reason to actually take us seriously. Because we waffle and we slide and we're, we're inconsistent and we're quiet and we're, we're shut into ourselves. We're too busy praying about the prosperity. We're too busy praying about, oh, Lord, um, could, you, uh, could you just bring me another car? And I'm speaking to myself here. Same here, man. How many times have we said these prayers of things that just don't matter? They don't. Instead of going in the out end, to they your don't. neighbor. Dude, they don't in the end. No. It all burns up. It's all done. Dude, right? say that to them. When you die, you don't take anything with you. But we're concerned about it. We're Bro, concerned about all of it. This so <laughs> convicts me. Lord, I want to do more. I'm tired of people telling me you're doing too much or man, you know, we just can't. I I'm sorry, man, but I'm so glad. I am so glad Paul didn't think that way. Amen. I'm so glad Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego did not think that way. Ruth didn't think that way. Esther didn't think that way. David didn't think that way. They believed God and they stood for him. You want to see God move? Do we read these stories like we're so impressed by him? So then let God make you a David. Let God make you a Ruth. Let God make you a Paul. And you know what? They weren't even looking to be a David or a Paul. They were just looking to serve God. That's <laughs> all they were doing. They, they just wanted to honor God. That's it. 
If one way we can live our life is that honoring the Lord, then we've done our job. And you know what? You may never be remembered for it. That's the problem. That's the problem. How many martyrs die in other countries right now preaching the gospel? We don't even know who they are. But thank God for their blood because they're building on their life. And we'll be joined with them someday. And I can't even count myself among the martyrs. I can't. What they did is way more than what I've given. In a, in a millisecond. Mm-hmm. I'm not even worthy to be counted as those people. Men and women included. And to those who were missionaries, to those who survived it, to those in America who are now being persecuted in some way, shape, or form, dude, we're not even counted among that right now. But if we don't stand, it's going to happen. Dude, we, we will be forced to be martyrs. 241 years ago, before this country became a nation, it was happening, y'all. You know it what? was happening. It wasn't that long ago. Hey, Hitler was, what, 70 years ago, 75 years ago now? That wasn't too long ago, guys. You don't think it can happen here? Open your eyes. A piece of paper isn't stopping people from doing something. I love the Constitution, but it doesn't matter if they don't keep it. Yeah. It's just a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper. And Oof. the reason we're so lit, the reason we're so strong on this, why we're dropping the hammer now, why we're drawing the line in the sand we is, have to. is because... If you don't stand up and realize who you are in Christ now, you're going to be forced into that martyr situation. Yep. You're going to be put before the firing squad. That's and right. let me tell you, it will actually happen. Because it's happened. It happens all over the world. Why should we, for a second, think that it's not going to happen here someday if we don't stop it now? And I'm not a doom and gloomer. I'm not. Because there's a lot of people that are preaching the pulpits. Oh, it's going to happen one day. Oh, just wait. No, 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 no. Listen, if God is that good to me, which he is, I believe if we continue to push forward. We're going to see some things change. We Absolutely. will. Right. We're already seeing abortion end in a lot of states. We're, we're going to continue to see these things. Expect some pushback. So put your foot on the gas. Your, that's right. Don't let up, guys. Your, and, your victory is not done. And here's the thing is the reason you know that stuff can happen is because you're a realist. It's not that we're doing the doom and gloom of you're all going to die. It's this is how it happens. With throughout history, we have been shown that sooner or later this happens unless you put a stop to it now. If people would have stood up against communist regimes and really would have put their foot down and saying instead of saying, "Oh, I get a hand something handed to me?" Oh, the rich guy over there is going to get something taken away from him? Great. That sounds awesome. Well, great. You moved into starving and mass executions. Dude. Congratulations. That's right. But listen to this, right? You'll listen to a government to tell you to give up your guns because that'll stop violence when you didn't listen to the Lord when he says thou shalt not kill. (laughs) But we're believing a fairy tale because he's stopping the heart. And a government, all they do is stop action. And we could have prevented it. We could have prevented it. And you'll listen to a government, a man, and you won't listen to God. Think about that. You who are on the left and the, sorry, even you on the right who want yeah. government to do everything for the right. Same thing. That's why I'm not a Trump bot. I'm not, I'm not one of them guys. We support him. We pray for him. Yeah. I support any president. I, I want them to see, I, except if they're straight up blatant, right? I've, I'm, and we call out stuff on President Trump, just like we did Obama, just like we did other people. It's not, we're, we're fair game here, right? It's not the R and the D to us. 
the one question I get asked all the time is, what can one person do? So look, I'm 38 years old, right? What can one person do? I'll just tell you a little bit of my story. These two... These two young girls... Um, I said it in my one of the podcasts, my story, yeah. but um, these two young girls uh, were helping Jake. He's uh, the theamericanview.com. Look up Jake. Um, so they were staying at a hotel, and they handed a gospel track to the receptionist, and she knew my dad. And um, they called my house, and I got saved because I was invited to their church service. What can one person do? Mm-hmm. Your life was saved in several ways. Right? Yeah. All because they felt the call to hand a gospel track Dude. to somebody they didn't know. And this gets back into what we were talking about before is we tend to think God will just take care of it. I know, dude. I know. We've signed up to be vessels yeah. of what God wants to do. Yeah, yeah. We have a responsibility. I. Uh, that That's kind of why. So... What can one person do? Because I want to talk about this man too. But I'm just going to tell you some of like what's going on in my, in my heart and yeah. what we've been able to do. And, and you're a part of this. So I remember if Jake remember the story better than me, but I remember it was probably a month in, maybe two weeks, a month in. We started street preaching downtown. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know what I was saying. I mean, I was yeah. in church, but I didn't really pay attention. Right. Yeah. And we were street preaching and reaching all these kids. And I remember... I don't know why it's so hard to talk about it. I remember all these kids that changed and heard the gospel. And at all those schools we went to, again, I denounced that group, but all those schools we went to with all these kids that never heard the gospel, we were able to preach them and these teachers, right? We went to 30-something states, did over 200 schools, and, and were able to preach. And then we started our own ministry, self ever I was with Jake for a while, too, and, and I got to travel and preach and encourage people to the faith. And how many people came up to me, but I didn't believe in Jesus until now. And then having self-evident for the last four years, going into all these universities and high schools and preaching to people about Jesus Christ, right? One kid and my wife and my three little boys, one guy, just me, able to do. Now I get to pastor these young adults that tell me they aren't awesome. It's awesome to stand with them. It's awesome to pray with them. It's awesome to be in the trench with them, to love them through their problems, right? What can one person do? What can one person do? Matter of fact, a guy from Ohio said, I believe your ministry helped shape the election. Dude, that's not, he didn't say that in his own head. He heard that in his heart. You don't just say that kind of stuff. One kid, this guy, this chubby Mexican kid, no money to his name. One guy, listen to this, William Wilberforce, because you're a part of this too. You've been able to do your part here, right? William Wilberforce, if you've ever heard of him, look look at the movie, watch the movie Amazing Grace. You're going to love it. Great movie. Listen to this. He was a slightly built man about five foot three. (laughs) I'm five, six and a half. Yes, a half, right? And suffered from bouts of bad health around uh, 1784 to 86. He underwent a gradual but intense religious conversion while traveling with a friend he considered leaving parliament because he was in parliament uh but his friend and mentor john newton who wrote amazing grace the song amazing grace who was a former slave ship owner advised him against this so instead he decided to serve god in public life listen to this from 1789 william Wilberforce regularly introduced bills in parliament to ban the slave trade 
He was fiercely opposed by those making fortunes from the trade who used all kinds of delaying tactics. The first time a bill was introduced, Wilberforce lost the debate by 163 votes, but he never gave up. He never gave up. Listen to this. That was uh, five years after his initial conversion, introducing bills to end the slave trade, right? On the 25th of March in 1807, this was uh, 1790, 1807, almost 20 years, uh, 18 years, the abolition of the Slave Trade Act uh, in, in the British colonies was passed. They abolished it just in the colonies, not in the whole entire country, just in the yeah. colonies. It was carried by 267 votes. The House rose to its feet and, and cheered wildly. Listen to this. That was 18 years of fighting. One dude. When most of those MPs had slaves, right? That's why they were against yep. what he was introducing. Their whole argument was yes. that it would collapse the economy. It would collapse the economy. Listen, 20, and it wasn't done. He joined the Society for Gradual Abolition when the campaign intensified again in the 1820s and the 30s. That's now what? 1789, 1790. So that's... Yeah, he totaled 40 years of fighting. 40 years right now of fighting. As did much... Uh, his, he did as much as his failing health would allow. In 1821, which is 30, 31 years after, he requested that Thomas Fowle take over the leadership of the campaign in 1824 after serious, after serious illness. Listen to this. In 1830, 40 years after introducing his first bill... When 2,000 people met in London in Freemasons Hall, Wilberforce was so stupid with age and health, he was so messed up, he wore a metal girdle to prevent him from slumping. 40 years of fighting. Listen to this. We get a freaking hangnail. We call in sick. Really? <laughs> really? Right? Despite the groundswell of public opinion, Parliament still refused to ban slavery in the entire country until parliamentary reform uh, moved... Uh, Remove many of its supporters. Despite this, it was still not clear that Parliament would act. Wilberforce wrote his last petition, and the parliamentary debate lasted three months on July 26th of 1833. 44 years after. Gosh, dude, every time I tell the story, man, it gets me. 40 years of fighting. 40 years. Tell me that's not a, a biblical significance, man. The abolition of the slavery bill passed its third reading in the House of Commons. A messenger rushed to Wilberforce's house. They told him that slavery in the British colonies would finally be abolished, and three days later he died. You tell me one man can do 40 years, and he died. He saw it with his eyes. He heard it with his ears, man. He fought. Don't tell me it can't be done if they can end slavery. They ended slavery, man. Don't tell me abortion can't end. Don't tell me this progressive agenda can't end. It can end. He just took, all he did was take Hebrews 10, 11, and 12 by faith. He took it on and did it. He believed his God. He spent his whole life doing it. One man. And guess what God did? One man. He put a team around him. And God sustained him. And you know what? God is so gracious to him. And he let him taste of the victory. And then yep. he passed. Yep. He can do the same with you. He can do the same thing to you if you're willing to take a stand. And what is a passion in your heart? Because, again, how many people don't know Jesus, man? Listen, if this was about money to me, I would be pitching that every single podcast. <laughs> Look, we need help getting to the next area, but God's good. Oh, by the way, remember when we went to Pennsylvania and I said last podcast, we paid for it? Oh, God, not only people called us, we didn't even call them and donated. That's God. He's good, dude. I don't need people. 
I want them to help and to sow in a good field, but that's it. I don't really care. This was about money. I would be preaching to you good, elevated things. Matter of fact, if I wanted your money, I would would talk like most conservatives today. Talk about the social issues of the day instead of what God's word says. That's what I would do, but I'm not doing that, and we're not going to do that. We're going to continue to hit these issues because it's so pertinent to us to stop this. I'm tired of seeing people vote for these things. Let's do something about these things. That's our mission, right? It's not, (laughs) as much as I hate the catchy moniker title on my head, it doesn't matter to me. And and I don't know, did we hit everything we needed to hit on this? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We drove the point home. Listen to me. And, and this, this goes deeper. So we're going to go into question one. After all of that, after our... our 40 minutes of in, ranting. In, yeah, ranting. And well, praise God, man. That, you know what? Like, we may hit it several times, but maybe it's got to get hit several times for, somebody, for it to sink in for somebody. And even if you're only the shoe salesman that happens to preach to somebody and show them the gospel, yeah. you may save millions because you did that. Because the person you're preaching to ends up being one of the best pastors. Deal Moody's. One of the best preachers of all time. Wow. Right? Dude, Deal Moody, man. The only reason he got saved was because a shoe salesman <laughs> gave him the gospel. Wow. And I think a lot of times we go, I can't be Deal Moody. Yeah, but you can be that shoe salesman. <sighs> Bro, put that on the highlight video, man. It's like... I guess call me naive, right? I mean, call me naive to believe him. That's we. we I mean, say, I guess we say we have faith, but a lot of times we don't believe that he can actually yeah, do anything. Yeah, it's not my calling, and it probably isn't. Yeah, it may not be. What we're doing is a calling for very few people. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, totally, man. Like, n- not everybody could be a Paul, but there were probably many Pauls. We just didn't hear about them, and, and, and they're they're existing today. You, you look at Paul's writings and, and he talks, he gives credit to people who are there to support him with his ministry in mm. certain cities. He's always saying, you know, send, Thank you for your support, send yeah. to so-and-so that I that I got to take this to Macedonia or, and Achaia. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of your praises. I've heard of your good works. Yeah. yeah so-and-so is doing much in the kingdom. Like, there's there's plenty of people around it and it, it takes you willing to step out in whatever God's called you to do. Right. And that's why we hit it so hard is you have the opportunity, even if it's a small thing. And a lot of times we go, well, if it's small, it doesn't really matter. A shoe salesman. Tying on a guy's shoes and saying, do you know who Jesus Christ is? Ends up saving millions. And some of you will ask, how do I do that? Start asking the Lord for divine appointments, man. He's Amen. so good at it. We we well, <laughs> a lot of times so we think we've it. got to create it when in reality all we have to do is start praying, Lord, open up opportunities for me to share you with somebody. I don't know how many times, man, I've prayed like, okay, Lord, open up opportunities for me today. And out of nowhere, somebody starts talking about God. It's amazing. I know, dude. Why? Because the Lord I know. is so willing to open up opportunities for you. Now, and if you miss it, if you say, oh, I missed that one, ask the Lord again. He's faithful. Yeah. Don't look at the screw up. Look at what's going on. Like if you say, I didn't say the right words. Oh, you said enough, sweetheart. Nope. <laughs> sir, you said enough, sir. You said enough, ma'am. Trust me. And when you need to say more, he'll give you the opportunity to say more to that person or he'll give someone else the opportunity. And, and guess what? 
we can take solace in the fact that if we're we're doing our best to listen to the Holy Spirit and say what's on our heart, God will work with what you have. That's Guess right. what? He's looking for that that mustard seed of faith. That's right. That's what he's looking for. That faith. He's not looking for the mountain of faith. He's looking for the mustard seed Bro, of faith. Because Do faith you grows. Have something. That's right. It faith grows, grows into the biggest tree ever. Why? Because you had just enough faith to step out and say, have you ever prayed? Have you ever th- thought about God? How, when was the last time you went to church? Would you like to come to church with me? All very innocuous questions. And somebody can easily say, no. That's on them. You did your job. You tried. You opened it up. You opened the door. But guess what? Maybe two months down the road when they're going through a really tough time, they go back to that person who said, you want to go to church with me? And they go, can I go to church with you? I just... My life's a mess, and I don't know where to go. Dude. You never know what's going to grow. Yeah, and if you don't know what to say, say, come to church with me on Sunday. Yeah. Once you got them, just be like, yeah. look, I'll pick you up. I'm, we'll take you to lunch after. Just come with me. Sometimes you don't even need the words. You just need the action. Yeah. And bring them into the place where, like, Pastor Todd, oh, I mean, pretty much nine out of ten times delivering a message on salvation in his sermons. Yep. It's evangelistic in that, in that sense. But he always does it, and it's so good. You know, like, yeah. I, I thought I delivered it. Decent, but dude, that it's good she and it's very, ex- very expository, yeah. very, very doctrinal, very biblical. And again, this is going to go into the to, to to the question here. We just want you to know that to the whole. This is so cheesy, but it's true. To the whole world, you might be one person, but to the one person, you might be the whole world. To one person, man, you may be the whole world, and they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's all good. We mess up. I get it. I'm not convi- I'm not condemning. We all fail. Bro, look, how many times I missed it because I got so busy, you know, doing the good things. And I missed that one opportunity. Man, Lord, bring that back, please. And we've had some really fun opportunities, yeah. you and I together yeah. and, and going places and God moves, man. Yeah. And, uh, and and that kind of stuff. But I just never, n- never try to miss the opportunity because God's always working, man. He's always talking to these folks. His word never rests, man. That's what I love about it. And it never returns void. Never. Amen. So this is so, going into the next segment. Question one. Question one. Number one. Number one. Can a Christian be pro-choice? Mm. Can a Christian accept abortion? What does the Christian? What does the Bible say about abortion? What's? What are we supposed to do now? You and I were talking before we started filming. Yeah. And we were talking about the whole idea of there's there's these cliche verses that are used that that just kind of fall in deaf ears like you knit me in my mother's womb yeah yeah it, and not that it's not <laughs> important doesn't return void doesn't return void it is important it's important maybe it's not enough because they've heard it yeah 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 the bible says knit in the womb whatever right we want to go a little bit further just with a scripture bit a little bit deeper with theology of like why is life in the womb so important to god mm. why is that so important now, the one thing that, that I wanted to bring up right away, which you and I were talking about, and I know you've got some great stuff. I like your hat. I like yours, too. Mm. Where'd you get it? I don't know. The selfevidenttruth.com, I heard. Ooh, that's where Ooh. I got mine. Yeah. I heard it's one. only $30. Hey. Hey. Sorry. Go ahead. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Hey, got to, right? <laughs> you guys are about money and merchandising. Of course we are. Of course. That's why I drive a 07 <laughs> Nissan Sentra. <laughs> 
that has no clear coat. Can, can I please do it, dude? The Incredibles. You, you, you got to put you, that picture yes, on there. Yes, I'm going to. Massey looks like the guy from The Incredibles <laughs> in his little tiny car when he's driving home from the office. Like that's that's what I picture. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Not about the money. <laughs> back back to the serious. Yes. Sorry. So one of the things I wanted to point out, which I had been thinking about this, and I looked up the the stats of it. By three weeks of conception, a fetus, a baby, has its own blood, has is developing its own blood cells. When you look biblically, one of the first things in Genesis that God talks about is blood being life. And the life is in the blood. The yeah. life is in the blood. You're taught not to spill the blood because not to the life the meat that has don't the blood. Eat, yeah. yeah, don't, don't eat, eat meat with even. blood. You, it's supposed to be drained. Why? Because that is the life. Now, I think there's there's a theological, spiritual mystery to that that human beings just don't really understand. No. Um, like, why did blood have to be spilled for the sins of man? Precisely. You know what I mean? Precisely. So if we look at it that way, at least at the three-week point, you are now spilling blood of another creature. Bing. Because mom may be type B. Baby may be AB or O. It's completely different blood type. It may be the same. It may be different, but it's not the mother's blood. It's not. It's something else's blood. That's right. A life. And so when God says, do not spill the life, do not spill blood, scripturally, guess what? An abortion is spilling the life. It's spilling the blood of the baby in the womb. So from that fact, you know, people, well, what about the three weeks before? At least let's start at this juncture. But, but, but even that, right? Like, what about the three weeks prior? You're missing, the, I think you're, you're missing, missing the, the, point. The, the point. Why is it that if we don't believe it's a baby, we're not erring on the side of caution? Yeah. Why? Why do we just automatically assume, well, it's not alive, so then kill it? Well, we do it with everything else, right? Like eagle eggs. It's <laughs> not exact. I eat eggs, chicken eggs, right? But it's a developing thing. Right. Yep. But we put like these precious things on these eggs because they're endangered. I'll tell you something, man. We started taking life in our own hands, and dude, those are animals. We can eat those things. That's yeah. what they're, you know, plants too. Right. Yeah. I, I like the vegetables as much. As much I'm down thirty five pounds. I like vegetables hey. as much as the next guy. Game right. Up. Right. I'm not all vegan. Actually, I'm not a vegan. Right. But let's get back to the point. Yeah. Your first question was because I like that point. If the baby develops blood cells at three weeks, we're spilling the blood of the baby, which God clearly condemns the spilling of life. Yes. Right. Right. The, 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 the life is in the blood. Life is in the blood. Precisely. Right. Uh, his, uh, was it uh, Cain killed Abel? Yep. Abel's blood cried out. Yes, exactly. Right. So let's let's your first question was, can Christians be pro-choice? We'll let you decide after this. Yep. Good call. Right. Good call. Think about that. So he just went through the three-week thing, spilling the blood, because we all know the other scriptures, right? Let alone what biology says about life. Again, second point. I'll just throw this in there for the sake of throwing it in there, because we're not going to hit this topic very hard. If it's not alive, why do you have to terminate it? Think about it. Think about it. Right? Organisms. You have to kill organisms that are bad in your body. They're alive. And you would, can't see them. Would we ever use the term, I'm terminating my desk, if you're going to chop your desk up? No. 
No, we go. I'm chopping my desk up today, dude. The whole term yeah. Terminator, yeah. The the movie terminated life because you're terminating potential. You're terminating growth. You're terminating Bingo. something that is continuing to move forward. It's it's the idea of movement. That's right. Termination means ending the movement forward. That's right. Think about that, right? It's different from a desk because a desk is always a desk is always a desk. That's right. That's it right. It doesn't move anywhere unless you move it and pick it up. It doesn't grow anything. It doesn't doesn't produce. It doesn't have any potential outside of what it is. So you don't need to terminate it. You're not stopping it. You're just breaking it. Mm. Point 3. I think some Christians get afraid to talk about the whole God of Molech thing because, oh, sacrifice yeah. them to a God-ish. They don't want to talk about it. Let's break this down a little bit, okay? Because it's mentioned, I think Molech's mentioned probably around eight to ten times in yeah. the Bible. I'm not mistaken, probably ten. Um, and it's mentioned here. I'll just go through a couple of them because I had these uh, kind of written out. Uh, first is uh, first is mentioned in Leviticus. It's mentioned in First Kings and Second Kings as well when King Josiah took it seriously not to sacrifice to the God of Molech. But it never went away. No. It never went away. It continued. So this has been an issue way longer than America. This has been, yeah. we're sacrificing babies. Here, you know what the term Molech means? King. Mm-hmm. Molech means king. Now listen to me. I've been, we here, listen to me. Both him and I have been saying this for a long time. If we treat the government like a kingdom, we will eventually submit to its laws and what's happening. They submitted to this thing called king, right? You know what Molech promised them? Good pleasures. If Desires. I kill this, yes, if I kill this thing, I'll have future prosperity. Yep. If I kill this baby, it won't hinder me from prospering. And here's here's something to connect to another tough struggle that people have is, why would God tell the Israelites to wipe out the Canaanites? Why, why does he want to wipe out an entire people? That's just evil of God. Guess who the Canaanites worshipped? Moloch. Moloch. So what God was actually doing was saying, we need to absolutely wipe these people out because otherwise this worship and this style of worship, a.k.a. child sacrifice, will continue. Well, guess what? They never completely wiped out the Canaanites. So what did the Israelites start doing? They started sacrificing their children to Molech. Even happened with uh, um, Solomon. Yeah. Dude, he erected that same God who was killing babies, right? And it's funny because like those gods brought confusion to him. He 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 had a the goddess yeah. of Ashtaroth, which is fertility, and would sacrifice babies on the on the altar of Molech. How messed up is that, dude? How messed up is that? Believing in free sex, killing our babies. Free we, sex, kill our babies. We want fertility. We want we want sex. We want fertility. We want the pleasures of it. Oh wait, we've we've got to sacrifice the results of the fertility which is but then we're going to pray to the goddess of fertility for more fertility you know, to kill the babies that's right that's right you know why molech this whole sacrifice thing is so grotesque because they would put live babies on the hands of molech because the fire was burning and the babies would sizzle and die right you've just silenced your conscience by making it plausible in the womb yeah that's what you've done in essence you think because it was born and they sacrificed, oh, that's bad. Who are you to take it before it's even crossed that canal, that birth canal? Yeah. When, who are you? See, we silence our conscience by doing it beforehand. But you know what you could have done with your whole conscience the whole time? Not had sex. Yeah. And I, somebody will raise, but I'm not sacrificing my child to a God. I'm not sacrificing a fetus to a God. I'm making a choice. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm, I'm throwing that to you. Somebody says, yeah, but they were sacrificing to a religious deity. Mm-hmm. I'm not religious at all. Sure. I'm not sacrificing to a deity. Then you're the deity. You're God. You're sacrificing to yourself. See, the number. Go ahead. The number one reason people use it's not the right time. I can't. I can't I, do this right now. I, 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 obviously accepting cases of rape. Duh. We get that. We're not denying that. Okay. What we're saying is there's this one commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. How many times do you say God and I, well, I'm not religious, so it is about me. So then you're your own God. You make up your own rules. You make up your own morality. I don't care what you say. You have faith in yourself. That's why that doctrine, I think, about believing in yourself in churches kind of gets really dangerous sometimes because we start to believe, I, I am that. I, I'm this. Dude, no. If, if you're the most important person in the world, who are you willing to sacrifice to ensure that you're still protected? Ooh. You're still okay. Good point. Good point. So I'm not sacrificing to a religious deity. You're sacrificing to yourself. Then you become God. You know how I know that? Nobody can tell you a thing, just like nobody can tell my God a thing. My father tells me what to do. Cool thing about talking with atheists, I listen to them. I, I don't believe what they say, yeah. but I'm not going to shut them out because they have, they legit have an opinion. They legit have spent time thinking about this. They legit have questions about this God thing. Yeah. They legit think Christ is a fairy tale. They legit think we're crazy because we have the Holy Spirit. I get it. You're not, you, you, you've come to that conclusion, okay? For, for a reason. Right. For, right. I would say a good reason. A lot of Christians, that's not a good reason. I would say it makes sense. In their sense. own mind. In their own a, mind, it makes sense. I'm not going to discredit that. Now, yeah. have they been given over to that mind? Sure. Okay, get it. They're, they're, they're in that realm. But I can't shut them down. Think about this. What that does is makes me not God, but God. Because I talk about him. I don't care about talking about me or whatever. If I tell you my testimony, you know what happens? I got saved because of these people sacrificing their life to him to give a gospel check to this person who called my house. Then I got saved. I had nothing to do with it. God is so sovereign and cool. Isn't that awesome? So my testimony gives glory to the Lord. I don't care about my past. My past was stupid. I don't even think I don't talk about it. Jesus Christ saved me, man. And it's all about him now. You've made yourself your own God. So you in turn, have become king. So who is Molech? You've taken life in your own hands. Molech did the same thing. You're sacrificing to yourself. You can't tell me the otherwise because you believe in you. Oh, by the way, sort of. You believe in popular opinion too. So you're really not your own God if you think you are. You believe in yourself and you believe in popular opinion. Popular opinion never gets anybody anywhere except slavery. Mm -hmm. Just went along with it. Just went along. You know what? Until some brave folks stood up. And guess what? It happens. I think the more and more we talk about this topic, and I don't want to belabor it because we've talked about it a lot, but again, these are just some answers. You're not God. I'm not God. He's God. He gave us this book. It's called the Bible. It's got 66 books in it, right? Written over what? 4,000 years? Two, uh, yeah. About well, f- 2,000 years. 2,000 years. About 2,000 years. Yeah. Written over this long span of time. The authors don't contradict themselves, but they've written about a 6,000-year period, close to, yep. right? 
Actually, four thousand years. Right, it might be four thousand yeah. years that it was written over. Right, right, because there's there's all this history and time and all these things. Yeah. They don't contradict themselves. These guys, pretty awesome stuff, right? You know, I could sit and we we talked about business before. No, yeah. I wouldn't mind having a business. Kind of do the ministry's kind of a business, I guess you call it that. It kind of has to be in a in sense. a sense, you know, yeah. Um, like, you know, like to have rental properties one day. Yeah. You know, I could do all these things. And when I was a welder for a long time, always wanted to own a welding shop. We've talked about this before. I could do that, and you know what? I'd probably be okay. Go to church, do my tithes, go home, spend more time with the kids, all that. So either I'm flat crazy. Or God's real. Because I don't know what compels me to do all this exactly. except God. Because except Christ. We've had long conversations about oh. it would be so much nicer to just clock out at was five it? o'clock. Yesterday you know? or yeah, it yesterday was yesterday. Or the day yeah. before. We were no, we're, when we're this is yesterday. Yeah. Yes. We we were getting done with the picnic at the church. Like, you know, it'd be so much easier <laughs> to just go home and not do this volunteer stuff and do all these things. And it's like Go home to your house and your kids yeah, and relax and but, watch a game on the TV. But you, you know, know what, though, dude? We'd be miserable. We would Because be. we're not called to that. We're called to do this. Either we're flat crazy or God's real. Or God's doing something. Guys, you can't really negate that. And, and if you do, that's okay. We want to talk to you. And um, I, I think even people on the other side who feel this driven passion to be an activist, God has placed that into them. Bingo. It's just a matter of what are you being an activist about? Mm-hmm. There are people who are driven to to influence and to be a part of society and see where yeah. society goes. It's just a matter of are you doing it for God or doing it for, for man? You, for man. And and you know what? Man will ultimately lead you down destruction. They yeah. always do. Yeah. I mean, Venezuela is perfect. I, it, any socialist country is perfect. Man will always lead you down the path of destruction. Shoot. The beginning of America in some ways. Yeah. Man led them to destruction. Slaves, all these things. Man does that. God is not for it, dude. He's just not for it. And we just, we do this great thing about like preaching him and not obeying him. But guys, look, quit blaming the thing that's not happening. Be the thing that should happen. Amen. That's it. That's why I don't believe in like capping on preachers or anything like that. Listen, we could do that to each other all day. Dude, if you could cap on, cap on yourself first. Yeah. Go through everything that you know is wrong. Could you be wrong? You know what I mean? Like, it's just I have so many yeah. questions for these folks. Again, we, and we their went, heart's cool, but... We went for a half an hour on go out and do. That, that's the solution. Like, like, we're so passionate about the solution. We could spend a half an hour going through all of the ticks and the details of why so many preachers and churches are wrong, and, and yeah. this is all wrong, and this yeah. is all wrong. Now, we said, look, the church, we need to step out. Like you said, that's encouragement of step out. Yeah, you giving them courage. There's your solution. And for those of you that think for one minute, hey, there's already groups doing it. There's already this. What if you're the one that's supposed to come up with the concept that actually overcomes Amen. a lot of these things? What if you're the one that God gives the vision to? You know what I mean? Why do and we have to wait for a vision? Which is like, Lord, yeah. just give me what you want me to do. What's the passion in my heart? What have you called me to do? And that's our prayer. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I can honestly say sometimes I've stepped out in the flesh. I get it because I saw some problems and I wanted to yeah. fix them. I, dude, I get it. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I guess I don't mind it. You know, like we did it. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't necessarily bad. I just stepped out in, in the flesh, and 
you know, God, God blessed God's it. God's faithful. Yeah, he's faithful. And merciful. It's straight and up. graceful. Straight up, man. We've done some things. It's like, golly, we shouldn't have done that. But yeah. we did it, and, and God showed up, and it was good. He was just so faithful to us. But step out. What do you got yeah. to lose? Your reputation never had one. What do you got to lose? What do you have to lose to step out? Nothing. You know what? You can lose yourself. He that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Lose it for Jesus, man. Lose your life for Christ. Find out what it's like to taste and see that the Lord is good in that way. Not just in worship, but when you're out there doing, man, it is so cool to see God move. You know, I get this a lot. How do you see, like, you know, like prophetic, like, Dude, because like I step, step out, step out, bro. You practice. It's it's praying it, it, yeah. for the gifts and and practicing the gifts. Yeah, and it's like weird. Sometimes I'm stepping out blindly. It's like, where yeah. do I get this premonition? I'm just gonna step out. And dude, it, God has never failed me, but it's like there's been a couple times. I don't know what that was for, but maybe it was in the future. Yeah. And I'll get a phone call. Dude, you have no idea. It just happened. And it's great. Right. But you step out in faith, and 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 the gifts don't save me. But it's fun to watch God move, yeah. man. You know, and and and, and you can do that. And. Uh, that's something that people are like, uh, either I've got the gift or I don't. Paul says eagerly seek these gifts. He's he's Truth. not saying eagerly seek them because you're never going to get them. He's saying, no, this is something you step seek out and practice. Them. Todd White, what was it, like three months of praying for people to be healed and, and approaching strangers and, and all that before he saw his first healing. Man, that's encouraging to me. You want to know why? Because it means you can step out and fail. You can step out and 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 not know why it didn't work. I would like to see going all those stories of the people that got healed that he didn't see. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he finally got to see with his eyes. But I'm sure, dude, God is so good. Yeah. You know, to to, to folks, and it's happened. You know, we've seen some people get healed. I, I don't yeah. know if I, I don't think I. That's not my gifting necessarily, like yeah. the healing gift. I just love encouraging people to their calling. I love seeing people overcome sin. I love seeing people overcome depression. Uh, I love seeing seeing people find Jesus for the first time. Um, I just love it, man. I love seeing people's eyes light up when that. Wow, that's what that means. Yeah, yeah, dude, isn't it crazy? Didn't it just set you free? Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? So they just get lit. I love seeing young men and women find out who they are in Christ. You know what I you know? I really love is a couple of weeks ago, and I know we talked about this at our young adults group we had other young adults approaching people they didn't know and sitting down with them and praying for them and speaking into their lives and speaking words of knowledge and prophecy into their lives. That's, I love watching that. You want to know why? Because it's been handed, the baton's been handed. It means, okay, now they're, now they're running. Now they're now they're engaged. Now they're knowing, okay, I'm a disciple. I'm not just a listener. I'm an active participant in this whole thing. And we get to see that. But we have to be the models of it in order for them to know, I can do this. That's right. Right? Amen. All right. So, guys, um, thank you again for tuning in. Again, this is Podcast 36. If you guys want more information, go online, theselfevidenttruth.com, theselfevidenttruth.com. Go online, find out more information. You guys can book us for a tour if you want to. You guys can... Uh, send us an email if you want mm-hmm. to. We can we respond very quickly. Um, you can get on our donation page if you guys want to help support us. We totally could use it, um, obviously, because we're doing a lot of events and stuff like that. But also, too, we just want to keep in touch with you. Yeah. Um, we're starting something new. Um, you're going to see some uh, new stuff roll out for our new monthly program. It's called the, uh, the Self-Evident VIP Club. It's going to be pretty cool. 
Uh, just just some new things. I mean, it's not really new. People do it. Um, but it's new kind for of us. well. I mean, it's kind of fun. I'm a part of a club. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody likes that stuff. We like belonging. So hey, belong to help. You know, help yeah. us belong in the club to help self evident. Right? And, That's not bad. That's and, a good thing. And we're building all this stuff. We're we're really getting things going because we want to connect with you guys mm, more. We yeah. want to be able to bring you more content, bring you stuff that other people don't get to necessarily see. We want to give you new aspects. Yeah, we, and we have so many plans. The, the VIP the thing's going to include that. I think we're going to include like FaceTime with us and, yep. you know, personally one on one, maybe through Skype mm-hmm. or something like that. We're going to have all these different packages and uh, we, we would love to connect. And it's not about money. It's come on, guys. We just want to be able to do what we need to do. Right. And and people who invest in us, we want to invest in them, really. Yeah. We, we, we pray. I need to pray more for our donors, man, because yeah. I love them and, and what they're doing for us to help us. I guess you can never pray enough. But it's like there's there's so many things that I think there's certain donors that I just pray for that that I just have such a heart for. And I don't know why. Sometimes you get burdened for their family or yeah. whatever. But And if it, it guys, to you, uh, you made me think of this. If somebody is on your heart, start praying for them. Bingo. The Holy Spirit puts people on our heart out of nowhere. Start praying for them. That's right. And God will give you the words to say in order to pray. Bingo. And he's good at that, man. God is so good to bring things to remembrance to you. So, again, guys, thank you again for tuning in. This is Podcast 36. We're rolling, dude. We're rolling. 16 weeks will be a year. Isn't that crazy? I know. I've been thinking about that. It's so crazy, dude. A year of of doing this, and we keep doing a podcast even when we're gone. So I'm gone for the next two weeks. Um, That's why we're filming this one, but I'm gone for two weeks straight. We're going to be in Massachusetts, and I'm going to Columbia, which is going to be fun. Uh, I get to go with the pastor here, uh, the senior pastor. and uh, So you're going to have Mike here with some different guests and things like that. He may even do it by himself because Mike is more than capable of doing this by himself, which I'm honored to say that you're more than capable of handling Mm -hmm. all this. And you've done amazing, bro, and continue to move forward because I I just love having you on. And uh, you're you're just a great asset, great friend, great brother. Uh, So, guys, God bless you again. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next week. Love you guys.